chance on here. Pulisic picks up the loose ball and he could be in. Christian Pulisic for Chelsea, 1-0! Quick thinking by Alisson, and if Salah could lift it, still Salah, Salah! The Ghost Goal Podcast. Manchester City started their juggernaut week of matchups with a win at Chelsea on Saturday before a deflating loss in the Champions League in midweek at Paris Saint-Germain. They'll look to close that week out with another away trip, this time to Liverpool in this weekend's primetime matchup on Sunday. I'm Alex, here with Javier for the Ghost Goal Podcast, episode 323. Uh, there's been plenty of other now football back, uh, going Alex. on in the Champions we're League. We're plenty back. more. Yes. Now we're back. No, no, no. Javier, you, 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 you keep fighting me on starting out with Arsenal. We're, we're not starting we're not. out with Arsenal in a but week no, where, you know, you know, there's been a Chelsea-Man City game, yeah, and a, a Man City-PSG game. And everything is great. Also, I, I feel like we, we dive into We do often. dive into often. To, you know, I, I like your intro, but I just needed to, you know, introduce myself. and uh, We need a little bit of foreplay, you know? You need to <laughs> build up to it a little bit. Warm the oven up uh, for a minute before we go straight into the like football it. talk. That, that's it? That's <laughs> well, go on now. What, what was this that you, you were going to describe? What did you want to go into? Or have I already ruined your intro? You know, I already I, you I ruined, ruined your anything up here. There's, the, the, there's too much to cover in a single intro, so I thought I'd start on Manchester right. City. You know, I was talking about on our episode last week, like how big of a, you know, a week this is for Manchester City, and I mean, I don't think anyone's you know too down on them after that loss at PSG, uh, but you know, going into this Liverpool game like this weekend. It's it seems like it's like a little bit uh, of mixed opinions of them. They look like great against Chelsea on the weekend, and then you know we're a bit unlucky not to score at least once at PSG on Wednesday. Uh, are you thinking they're they're just like back and they'll they'll be fine going into this Liverpool game? I kind of do. And, I kind know, of do. There, I had I had a thought to myself, and I know you were you were mentioning this specifically during the specifically in the PSG City game that City were wasteful you know with their chances they were wasteful against Chelsea as well I mean they they had they had yeah, it's been they an had ongoing Grealish, thing. you know two very good chances one that Mendy saved the other one actually both were saved by Mendy the only put straight at Mendy um, but I'd say the second Grealish chance was the best chance of the entire game um, and then the, there were a few other chances that Manchester City had against Chelsea, not nearly as many as they had against PSG. I mean, against PSG, there was a sequence where the the ball was like cleared off the line multiple times. It hit the crossbar, like, and somehow the ball still didn't go in. And if they had scored during that that period of play in the first half, where they had a bunch of chances against PSG, then I think it could have been a different game. You know, I think. That, they had still a lot of control in the game. I know that when you have Messi and Mbappe and Neymar, 
you're, you're going to get some goals, and that's basically what happened with PSG, and, and they got some luck, too, to keep a clean sheet. But I think if City had scored a goal, it could have been you know two, three goals scored on PSG, and, and we'd be talking a completely different tune right now. So, um, And at the same token, See, I think I, Liverpool... I, I, do you not track it back to even like Southampton because they've been because City? I mean, they obviously had the well, big like, are you gonna, goal outputs against Norwich, gonna, Arsenal, and Leipzig. Are you going to blame? Then, I mean, since we're talking about this City Liverpool game straight away, like, are, are you going to talk about Liverpool too and and the three three with Brentford? Or, and I mean, do you think that that's a? Well, it's a different conversation because Liverpool are scoring goals. That's not a problem for them right but now. But City did you know? put, have scored five goals multiple times yeah, like I mentioned, already. Uh, I, I mentioned they early in the se- or first couple games of the season they had five against Norwich and you guys and then they had six in the Champions League against Leipzig and then since then they've had that nil-nil with Southampton which everyone just sort of wrote off as you know maybe unlucky but uh, it was a great performance at Chelsea but I, I'm just saying that the, the Chelsea performance as good as it was it still doesn't deviate from this sort of trend over the last couple of games that City are yes pressing well yes possessing very well but I'm not, I'm not even going to blame it on the no striker thing because I think we, we've seen them score goals and be great without a striker I don't think it's that I think it's uh, somewhat a confidence slash sharpness Bernard, issue Bernardo Silva was, how you fix was absolutely overnight. amazing in, in the game against Chelsea. I thought he was, you know, having that player that, like Rodrigo behind you, that defensive-minded, you know, basically sits in between the two center backs just right in front of them and shields them the entire game. Having that type of player, you know, really let Bernardo Silva just go rampant on Chelsea's midfield. And I was surprised at how dominant City were in the midfield, considering Chelsea had their, you know, their first choice midfield during that game. And, you know, I think the one big miss obviously was Mason Mount not having Mason was was huge for you guys and probably would have changed the way that this game looked. But I'm um, also, you know, the Reese James going down injured in the 30th minute. That was another another big, you know, I don't think City had once Reese James went down, City City seemed to gain more control of the game as well. Um, so a couple like luckish factors for City to 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 get that away win at Chelsea, but still, I think in the league, you know, um, I think they at least get a draw at Anfield. At yeah. least, if not, if I don't, I don't think you can say not, that. I think win. they do well to if get a draw at Anfield. because yeah. I think Liverpool have showed that they are they're open to to conceding. I, I know that they were playing really well in the first few games of the season, keeping clean sheets, beating teams three nil. Um, but in that game against Brentford, I mean, there were some obvious weaknesses. Like Brentford got so many chances. I don't know how Liverpool seemed that open. Um, but being three one up, first, you know, they went down two. I guess they went down one nil. Then they went up two one three one. Oh no, was it two two? It was two two, and then th- it was two one, and then it went to You're right, two and then it was two, and then okay. Liverpool went ahead. Yeah, and, I guess I, yeah. I guess that, that that can happen. I guess it's excusable, but. It's Liverpool at Anfield. Yeah. You you can't be you can't be like for any team. I don't care if it's Chelsea, City, United, who well, whoever. You can't be like they should at least get a draw at Anfield. Like if you get a draw at Anfield, you know, especially this early in the season when there's you know not really any title ambitions it, it, it's, on the it's line. Liverpool's yet. midfield. I know that like Curtis Jones thing. has been playing very well, um, especially offensively. He's he's kind of you know taken up that role that Harvey Elliott was doing at the beginning of the season where, you know, he creates the space for Salah and Mane to, to really get into the box. And he's created a bunch of chances for 
you know, both for Mino and for Yota. Um, and he seemingly... I don't know if he plays this game, Yeah, that's though. what I'm saying, though. Like I, I was about to say, playing I was him about to say the way that yeah. Manchester City's midfield played against Chelsea, I see them dominating this game, too. And if Manchester City finish their chances, they're going to win the game. But, you know, I know Liverpool will, will, will probably get a, a couple of goals in this game. So I could see this being high scoring, like 2-2. But the, the things that Liverpool do well are still City's biggest weakness. Like you can draw some parallels to so how I was about to say, do you think do you think uh, Liverpool yeah, do you think PSG, PSG and, Liverpool and Liverpool are gonna do a similar type job on City? But I think again, like if City had but, taken their chances, they would have beaten PSG. And I know I think Yeah, but PSG are not as good of a pressing team uh, as Liverpool. You know, they they're basically playing with zero players that can press in their front line. Whereas we know for Liverpool that's not the case. But at the same time, PSG could still bypass the midfield and City's control of that midfield who, with Mbappe's pace. Who starts for Liverpool? And Liverpool will do have the same thing Yota with Salah and Mane. Firmino? Firmino just scored two goals away at Porto. I think no, I don't think you go. You could go wrong with starting either Yota or Firmino uh, at yeah. Jota or starting both of them. I think that's risky if you start because all four. I, I think the the strategy remains the same. Press press high on City to obviously you know kind of ease the pressure a little bit so you don't get sort of pushed as deep as Chelsea got pushed by City's possession. And then uh, I think you have to start Jota because of the pace and because of how well he's playing. Like like Jota, Mane, and Salah need to be in there. Now, if you want to, you know, uh, substitute a midfielder or kick a midfielder out and play Firmino in more of a a sort of deeper role uh, or a role alongside Jota, but, you know, dropping in and helping out a little bit more in the buildup, then sure, fine. But... You need those three, you know, pace merchants who uh, all have an eye for goal. That will that will cause City, I think, a ton of like a ton of problems, because the, the one thing that we couldn't do, Chelsea couldn't do, was you know get out of our own half against them. You know, we can go in d- deeper, I guess, a little bit later on the Chelsea side of it as to why that happened. But theoret- theoretically, with Lukaku and Timo Werner, those are two players that. You'd think, yeah, we can we can do something with uh, Werner's pace and uh, Lukaku's all-around ability uh, on the counterattack, but City just snuffed that out. And I, I think Liverpool have a they're a bit more used to playing that style. They definitely uh, have done it over the years against Pep Guardiola's Manchester City and at Anfield. I think City would do well to even get a draw here. I'm, I think I'm going to lean towards Liverpool and say two-one Liverpool. But it's it's one of those games that every single time you don't feel good about predicting a win either way or a draw. Well, I think Manchester City are going to win the league. In all these games and, that just swing it. You know, I th- I thought that they were going to win that. At, at least I, I I didn't pull the trigger on. Si- we're not talking about the league. I know. This, this I know. But it is. But it kind it's, of is. It's, it's October. A statement right now. I mean, they just they just beat you guys away. That was a statement win. If they beat if they go ahead and beat Chelsea away and Liverpool away back to back. You don't think that that's a like statement for the title? It's a statement that they're in the title. It's not. I don't think it means that they're definitely going no, to win. No, but it. I think it, it would prove that in these big games, in the biggest, most important games, that you know that they show up. So they usually show up in these in these types of games. So I'm gonna predict. I'm gonna. God, I did this last week too. Where I wanted to say City were gonna win, and then I said a draw, and then City ended up winning. All right, I'm gonna say two one City. That's good. I was afraid we were both gonna pick draws for that one. <laughs> That would uh, that would be boring. But yeah, I'll go. I'll go Liverpool. You go Man City. That that makes sense. 
Uh, th- that game's not until the the end of the weekend. I know we usually go in sort of chronological order, but that, it's such a big game. And, you know, City, uh, what they've been, all the games they've been involved in recently are so relevant that you have to bring it up first. But let's go back to the beginning of the weekend. To start things off, Manchester United are going to be hosting Everton Saturday at 7.30 a.m., they're fresh off a two-one. Can I say one more thing? By the way, against I think Villarreal. in the Champions League, specifically the PSG game, it didn't matter nearly as much to Manchester City as this Liverpool game is going to matter to them. So I think they they've been preparing for Liverpool and probably didn't do as much preparation for PSG because they know they're going to get out of that group. Like it, they're they're going to get out of it easily. So I don't think that they're they're worried at okay. all about Bruges or I don't even remember the other team. So. Yeah, Leipzig, who just lost to Bruges, so Leipzig are out of it. But this Man United-Everton game, I feel more torn about this one than I do the Liverpool-Man City game, because, <laughs> you know, I, we haven't seen a good all-around performance from Manchester United. I, I called you know, the Villa minutes. win. I called the yeah. Villa win. Yes, you and did. I, I, you did indeed. I'm tempted they, to call the Everton win here, too, because I, I don't think Ole Gunnar Solskjaer can... can bring Manchester United forward. I think the signings they've made were would have been made with any manager there regardless. I don't think that any of those players that have gone to that club went because Ole Gunnar Solskjaer was there. I think they went because they were going to get paid a shitload of money and they were guaranteed a starting spot and it's a huge it's the biggest club in the world. So, when you when you put those things together, you're still going to get players like Cristiano Ronaldo, you know, like Bruno Fernandes, like Jadon Sancho wanting to come to the club. But does that mean success? Does that mean titles? No. Like I think you need that centerpiece, like Chelsea did with Tuchel, where you had all the other pieces in place, right? All these world-class players, and you had Frank Lampard there. Who, no disrespect to Frank Lampard, who's a you know good, great manager in his own right for what he's done so far up to this point in his very short career. Tuchel's a whole nother level. Once you bring in that type of level of manager, look at the the massive difference that Chelsea has come in such a short amount of time. I think Manchester United... Yeah, I mean, the, the timing could be better on that statement. You could have said it last week instead of after two straight Yeah, but you won the, losses, you won the Champions but, League with yeah. them. It doesn't matter. That's still... that's you can, No one can take that away. So, But right now with Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, you have, you know, he's lost, a, hasn't won anything with United in two years, lost a, a, a major final, a European final to Unai Emery and a much smaller team with Villarreal. And, you know, at no point in during his tenure have you really thought to yourself, there's been times where they've blown teams out and scored a bunch of goals, but you've never thought, like, they've had great control in just, I know that they've gone on this. Um, That's the key word. I, Control. Control. Yeah. I know that they've gone on this amazing run of unbeaten games, drawing and winning and blah, blah, blah. And that's that's all great. And that's, you know, again, credit to the the recruitment, the players that they've brought in the last couple of years have been good. Um, but again, I, you just don't feel like he's getting the most out of like a player like Jaden Sancho so far this season or, you know, Pogba we see in flashes. We see... Um, you know, Varane so far in flashes, and maybe he needs to be given more time with this team so far. There's still a lot of signings. But I just, I don't think he's going to be the manager that's going to win a, a title. Maybe an FA Cup, but like that's not enough for Manchester United. And you need, you need a, you need a manager who's going to win titles. And honestly, Rafa Benitez, he's a better manager than, than Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. And that's why I think that Everton are going to get something out of this game. I don't think they're going to win, 
Um, but they have started the season well, and they're they're playing well. And and it seems like Benitez has figured out his starting eleven. He already has his 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 best players. He already has like his team thought out. And I just think he's prepared this Everton team really well to start the season. And Everton started the season really well last season under Ancelotti, and it took them a while before they fell off. I think they fell off around you know January February. So yeah, it was the the injuries yeah. that. Uh, so I'm in. I'm still looking at Everton as a as a strong really strong team right now and you know they're still in that top five right now and yeah I'm gonna say I'm gonna say two two I think it's gonna be a fun game and and Everton gets something out of it yeah these are the kind of games that I think are the most dangerous to Manchester United I would put Everton in that same sort of bracket of Premier League team that overall plays mostly defensively especially when they come up against you know the top four sides also by the way do you not no uh, comment Everton, on Aston Villa. Solskjaer? You, th- you think he's the manager to take them forward i i don't know i'm not going to pretend to know i i, I wouldn't I mean bet you're not going to say but, just from I mean, your I'm own just, experience from your team i'm also just trying to focus on All the right, everton that's game fair. because that's fair. like it's a tough game and it's it's a very specific level of opposition that i've i feel like they've struggled against like like aston villa everton West Ham, I know they beat West Ham a few weeks ago or last week, um, but, but these teams that are like mid-table, let's just say they're, they're mid-table teams, but they've got a few key players in certain positions that, uh, you know, on, on their day could uh, like sneak into some of the best teams in the country. They're, they're not like relegation teams that are, you know, trying to park the bus and get anything they can. They have a very pragmatic approach to games against the top teams and the the disparity between the talent levels isn't as big so it can prove like really frustrating to manchester united as a team and that seeps into the fans especially at old trafford where i think it has to be acknowledged as a trend now that these kinds of games and i'm not talking about the the leads and the newcastles where they you know they put plenty of goals past them but these kinds of games against slightly better opposition that still play defensively and but have better talent uh, they can struggle in them. I, I maybe even put Crystal Palace in that because Crystal Palace, the last couple of years, have played defensively really well, but they have like one or two players like Zaha who can, you know, win the game on a set piece or win a penalty or something. I, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and say one-one. I'm actually like I'm, I'm afraid this is going to be nil-nil, <laughs> like just to start out the weekend. I think you mentioned before we started recording that, you know, that that first game uh, of the weekend when it's a Champions League team uh, playing. Usually, this uh, usually it's a case of when they're you know traveling back from somewhere and that that's taken a day out of their their sort of usual routine during the week to prepare. But I, I still think like the, the the way they beat Villarreal today, I haven't I haven't watched the full game, but it it, it looked like a bit of a struggle. They went down one nil, got a great goal from Alex Telles, and then ninety uh, fifth minute uh, winner by Ronaldo. It was not an easy victory. It looked like they had to fight a little bit and struggle a little bit and that will mentally fatigue you and you've got just as tough of an opponent that plays a very similar way in Everton coming in to start things off right away on Saturday so I think there is some fatigue there mentally and physically and they draw this one 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 did you do your pick yet I didn't I can't remember yeah I said two 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 okay the rest of the Saturday games there's uh, Burnley Norwich at 10 a.m. Uh, Chelsea hosting Southampton Saturday at 10 a.m. Leeds Watford Saturday at 10 a.m. and Wolves Newcastle also during that 10 a.m. time slot. Uh, th- I mean, the one game that obviously jumps out is the Chelsea Southampton one. 
Chelsea are coming off two straight losses. Uh, the Manchester City loss, which we kind of hit on uh, last weekend, and then lost uh, 1-0 today at Juventus. And, you know, I'm not in panic mode. My anticipation for Chelsea going into every game this season is that we should expect to win every game we take part in. Now, obviously, being realistic, I know that's not going to happen. So you expect at some point to be let down in the season. I'm much more annoyed with the Juventus loss today than I am the Manchester City one, because like you said, there's certain circumstances that tactically I'd wish we were able to work around a little bit better. But, you know, only ended up losing 1-0. It could have been far more. Uh, But this Juve game today, we had the possession. We had... A pretty strong team out. I mean, obviously still missing N'Golo Kante. He tested positive for uh, COVID-19 the other day, so he's going to be out until probably after the international break. Um, still no Mason Mount or Reese James and no Get Christian well Pulisic. So, yeah, absolutely. Please, please don't have um, long COVID or anything like that. Oh, God. I don't know what I'll do. Please don't have, like, lasting nothing. But, but that Juventus game, we had the control that we lacked in the Manchester City game. Uh, couldn't create anything other than maybe one or two clear-cut chances, which I think you need to give some credit to Juventus because they've been playing badly for the start of this season and all of a sudden looked like an old Maximiliano Allegri team <laughs> today. So that, I mean, it's, a, it's a little frustrating, but I think a lot more of the, the, the blame needs to be put on uh, the, this Chelsea team that has a big squad and there are tons of players in our squad that you know, I think for the most part, they put their heads down and they work hard to try and get an opportunity to get into the first team. But players like Hakim Ziyech, I'll go ahead, I'll go ahead and say it, Mateo Kovacic, even though for the most part this season, he's been very good. You've seen like a dip in some of these guys form now that like the players they're competing with are out injured for a couple of games. But in reality, they should be raising their level to try and push their way into the team when they have the opportunity. And it's not happening at the moment. And I blame I blame today much more on the players themselves, whereas for Saturday, I kind of blame Tuchel. So I think it should, we should have enough for Southampton and going forward, this, uh, quote, easier part yeah, of our schedule. We Southampton should be able to, to beat these teams. Like, I think you guys should be able to beat them pretty easily here. Yeah, but dude, that, that nil-nil at Manchester City just worries me. It just... There was a like, red card And these involved. other two teams... No, there wasn't. City it got, got, City it got, get, uh, didn't it got City reversed. Get a red card in that? It, it got reversed. It, VAR overturned it. And City barely created any chances in that game. Southampton were defensively amazing. They're, they're slowly turning my opinion of them around. The one thing they're lacking is goals. So if they figure that out, then I'll back off of the relegation pick. But I still think they can do a job defensively, especially with just our, our confidence a little, a little bit shaken right now. I'll go ahead and say 1-0 Chelsea, but... It's not going to be a fun one. It's going to be an ugly 1-0, I think. Yeah, I like that. But uh, I think it's going to be a little bit more comfortable for you guys. I'll say 2-0. I think Chelsea have that fuck you depth where even if you guys... Well, I'm expecting the fuck you depth to show up at some point because it didn't show up today. (laughs) Looking at you, Ziyech. All right, let's move on to uh, the game of the day. Saturday, 12.30 p.m., Brighton versus Arsenal. You like that, Javier? I'm picking this game ahead of Manchester United-Everton. This is the game of the day. This is the game that people want to see on Saturday, and you're involved in it. And not for the reasons that you used to be involved in the game of the day, where people would show up to see you lose. Now people want to see whether you're actually back, and they want to see, are Brighton actually for real? So 
What what are your thoughts? I, I'm going so into this excited. One? You for think that it's just game. an easy yeah, win? I'm very very excited for that game. No, I don't think it's going to be an easy win at all. Yeah, you guys have kind of struggled with Brighton. It's been kind of a bogey for fixture for you. For some reason, I'm thinking we're going to draw this game. I think we're both on pretty good form right now, and Brighton are at home, just like initially off the bat. But we are playing so so well. I the I haven't seen Arsenal play. I know the Emirates was rocking which we're not going to have a rocking Emirates. But even in our away game so far this season, Arsenal started really well in the first 15, 20 minutes. And finally in this Tottenham game, we found our finishing boots. And I said it was going to happen. I said we were going to get chances with, with Odegaard. To, to be fair, you, you, weren't, you were playing against a team that had no midfield and... Eric Dyer at center back. Well, as soon as I saw the lineup, first of all, Xhaka did start. And let me tell you, he was part of that electric, you know, 35 minutes that we had at the beginning of that game. Yeah. Again, I'm not talking about you guys. I'm talking about how shit Spurs yeah, are. They were, they were, which evidently our win at Spurs didn't mean much either. So, you know, this isn't me shitting on Arsenal. It's just, you know, stating the facts that we can't use Tottenham as a proper barometer for, you know, but how okay, good a team is. But first, is. like, you, you first called us to draw Norwich, then you called us to draw Burnley, then you called us to draw Tottenham, and we won all three of those games. Yes. So at this point, you're going to yes. have to start, like, acknowledging that you're... I'm going to predict I'm gonna predict a 2-1 win for oh, Arsenal. No, Alex. You like oh, that? no. This is yeah. bad. <laughs> Oh, no, <laughs> no, I actually believe it too. I mean, I'm just, I'm not, I'm not trying to troll you here. I actually believe it. Just watching that Crystal Palace game that uh, on Monday that Brighton had, they didn't create a chance in the first half. Crystal Palace used, I'm not going to say it's a similar four-three-three. It's similar in the in one way in that you, Patrick Vieira likes to play the one defensive midfielder with the two more attack-minded midfielders pushing forward and assisting in the press and things like that. And it worked really well for them. Again, they were at home, so you know, slightly different circumstances from that game to this one. But the the lineup you guys played against Burnley a week or two ago, which was along the same sort of lines, I think that could have a lot of success against Brighton because you know Brighton have decent attacking players and, and good wide players, but their progression of the ball through the middle of the field and their control in midfield in general is isn't that good. So. I think your midfield could have a pretty good time here. It's then it's just I, up I, to the attacking players to finish to at the same level that they did against good Tottenham. Was, how good was Odegaard though? I mean, he his pressing his pressing good. is unbelievable. I mean, the kid is pressing from the first minute to the ninetieth minute, and he just brings the rest of the team out out of like you know their shell. He makes Saka press. He makes Aubameyang press, and Aubameyang was fantastic as well. Is is Alex? Is Aubameyang back? What do you think? He was good. I wouldn't put him in. I wouldn't put him in your your top five players. No, from but that he game, was good. But, but like he was good. He was good. And like you didn't think he'd be good anymore. So he's he he already. I still I mean, don't. He has more goals. He has as many goals as Lukaku right now. So yeah, does he? Wasn't that his first Second. goal of the season? When was his first? The Norwich yeah, game. Norwich. The Norwich yes. tap in. I hate to tell you this, Javier, but Lukaku has a couple more than two goals. He has four goals. He doesn't have four goals. Yeah, no. I think so. I thought he had two goals. He had the. The two against Villa, the one against okay, you. Three goals. All right, close enough, Alex. And then one in the Champions League. Maybe I'm mixing up my competitions, but yeah, I mean, also he's just been playing better. We're not. We're not going to turn this into a Bamiyang versus. No, Lukaku. we're not. But I'm saying, I'm. Uh, yeah. 
You you don't, I don't even want to do that because I would lose. But I, I don't understand why you're not focusing no. on like well, hold on. I was, was going to go there. Neil Smith I was Rowe. Say, like, our two, our those are the players I played with. Were, were both amazing. I mean, I know that it was Tottenham, so they probably got extra hype for this game. But yeah, Smith Rowe and Saka just absolutely ran the show for for pretty much the entire game. You know, in the first half, we we went up three zero, and then we just went into a defensive gear. I mean, we stopped trying to press super high up the pitch as much and sat back. Well, and, I mean, you tell you could yeah. tell Tottenham had given and we, up, and and we did what you did to them. We snuffed out their will to compete with us. I mean, they they had a goal in the 80th minute, and they tried to get up for that. But as soon as that happened, we just took back control of the game. And yeah, I, Tomas was amazing. I mean, having him fit just makes our team look so much better. It doesn't matter who's really playing in the midfield with him. It, he changes the entire complexion of the way the team looks when he's fit. You know, he just gets everywhere um, on the pitch, and his passing is, is amazing. So I'm excited for this game. I think if we can win this game, there, there's a lot of difficult games ahead, these next four or five games, but they're all winnable. And we could, you know, Arsenal could go on a run here. I know we're on a three-game winning streak here. And after losing the first three games of the season, it, it feels really good to, to be able to just, like, equalize that and kind of, you know, not feel like we're still struggling or in the dumps and the team has momentum right now, you know, four wins in all competitions. I think not having other competitions like Europa helps specifically in the Premier League. Every time that a player starts, they know that this might be their only chance that they get to show, you know, the to break into the team. Yeah, also and just the basic thing that they're a little yeah, fresher. They're a little fresher exactly. to every, every, every game, every game they have a week to prepare for all of these games. I, like that's going to make a huge difference for a lot of these players this season. So yeah, I like I like your two one win, Alex. I want to say two one Arsenal too. Okay, well yeah, I mean that's one that looks understated when you first uh, look at it, but you know delving a little bit deeper into both those teams, it's one that could be very difficult for you guys because you know Brighton do have you know a win against Leicester at home uh, recently. Yeah, Leicester have been pretty bad this, so far this season. So they have, but they've never you know. They've never bottomed out to the level that Arsenal have. I'm not saying they've played as well as you guys have recently, but... And they they kind of did to choke away the, top the, four the last they, few seasons. They're still about like as talented, if not more talented, of a team than you guys, and they went there and lost. So, yeah, Brighton have beaten teams of a similar sort of level uh, uh, before. They just drew Burnley and, at home, you know, by the way, last season, Leicester, last week. So, again, not, a, not yeah, the best form right now for Leicester. Not going great for Leicester. They've got another tough game this weekend at Crystal Palace on Sunday at 9 a.m. Uh, there's a pretty busy slate of games like, I Sunday think they could 9 a.m. There's drop also going to be... That game for sure. Absolutely. They just drop points at home to Burnley, like you like said. A, so a, going a, to a, Palace... A, you know, almost last-minute winner from, from Vardy and... Equalizer, Javier. Uh, equalizer, equalizer, yeah. So I, I don't... I'm not convinced right now about Leicester... I'm not so sure about them. I have an idea of which one of these 9 a.m. games I'm going to be I'll watching. Watch the Tottenham uh, Villa game. Yeah, that that looks. Like yeah, it's Tottenham be fun. Aston Villa, and then West Ham Brentford. West Ham Brentford is another sneaky good Ooh, one. Yeah, that is pretty Crystal fun. Palace Leicester as well. West Ham Brentford good, could be like really three good. three, or like four four, something like insane like that. There could be a lot of goals in that game. Just because Brentford drew Liverpool yeah, three three, Brentford are going to attack West Ham, and West Ham always throw caution to the wind. They attack everybody, so there's going to be a lot of goals in that game. I know there will. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's let's focus for now on Tottenham Villa because Tottenham, Jesus. 
All right, Alex, what about Nuno? I don't know where, to, do we, I don't know where to start uh, for right them. Right now, the, the word from Tottenham is you got to give Nuno time. You know, this isn't he hasn't gotten enough time to train with the team. They only brought him in in, I think, like early July, and a bunch of his players were gone international. So he only he's only had the full squad apparently for like 20 training sessions or something. So it's... They're saying he just hasn't had enough time with the with the full team, and you know the whole Kane fiasco took, you know, a shitload away from the team. Right now, Harry Kane's playing terrible. So, I would I would say the whole Kane fiasco is still ongoing. Right, and I would say like I don't know if you can blame Nuno for that. I think it's really harsh right now for everyone calling for you know people calling for Nuno's head. I think Nuno it does have to be given more time. I think that there. That City win at the beginning of the season, how organized they were, how well they played in that without Harry Kane, and then for Harry Kane to come into the team and then they, you know, squeaked by a couple one nil wins and he hasn't done anything and now they've, you know, plummeted and lost a bunch of games. So, for me, do you do you drop Harry Kane, Alex? Not for Aston Villa. No, I I, I actually, I, I think you you can start being pretty critical of Nuno Espirito Santo. Because I don't think it's just an issue of how to fit Kane into Nuno's team. There's mid, there's issues in the midfield. Like I, like I said, that well, Arsenal game. I was about to game, say. Was about to say as soon as I saw the starting lineups, I knew Arsenal was going to win because I saw Eric Dyer and I saw Deli Ali starting, and I and I saw Deli Ali play last week, and I know that he's had flashes in the last you know, at times under Mourinho and then, you know, in a game or two so far this season, he's looked good in flashes, but his pressing and his movement off the ball defensively to like make interceptions or even pressure on the ball. It, it's terrible. Like he's just, he's completely non-existent and he's just not, he's just not a player that can play at like a top six club. So for me, the fact that Nuno keeps trying to rely on him to be the creative and attacking force in this instead of someone like, you know, Lucas Mora um, or honestly, that Brian Hill kid when he came on and he played, he played very well. Like he was he was the creator of of Son's goal against us. Um, I think they need to start someone like him against Villa. I think Brian Hill needs to start. I think. Eric Dyer can't be anywhere near the team either. I don't know why Romero didn't start against Arsenal. That was another one where uh, I was like scared that he would play against us and the difference that he might make in this Tottenham side, but he was not on, on the pitch. They started Dyer instead, and I was just kind of baffled by that decision. Again, yeah, maybe you can blame Nuno for these decisions. I don't know if there's something going on in the no, background. It's not, it's not maybe. You 100% can. That's like his that's his biggest decision is picking the team. Like that's <laughs> like when there's multiple phases of the game that you feel like he's getting wrong, defense, midfield, and attack, that's when you start looking at the I, manager I am and on thinking, the Villa like, hype right, train man, right you got to do something though, different Alex, here. I am on the Villa hype train right now. Villa are... Welcome, Javier. Welcome Villa aboard. Are, All aboard... We're we're going ahead. That kid, who, They've got a better chance kid, of uh, getting in into Europe than you, Ramsey. Jacob yeah, Ramsey, he's so good. He's yeah. really good. <laughs> they, they they debuted that five three two formation that you know they did so well at Manchester United. They debuted that for the first time against Chelsea, and you know almost played us off the park despite losing three nil. They were really really good. Just the midfield three in that has a ton of energy. There's a good balance of creativity and. 
you know, d- they, defensive work rate. they're going to have Leon Bailey back for this game. And then their wingbacks are obviously playing excellently right now. Yeah, they right didn't now. have Leon Bailey in the last game, and, you know, they still were able to beat Manchester United without him, but he he looked like a beast when he came on. All You know, everything we've seen from him reports, like, from what I saw his few years in Germany, I mean, he's... He was one of the best non-German players in the Bundesliga, and he's 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 an amazing player for Aston Villa to have. Like I I suspect that he thinks that he's going to be on Villa for a year or two, and then he's going to get a big move. Um, he's going to have to stay healthy he first because I'm I'm not even sure he's guaranteed to play this game because, like I said, that five three two they play, it it doesn't really leave room for Emmy Buendia or Leon Bailey. If those two play, then they're more likely to go with a. Four two three one or four three three, but then you break up the Ollie Watkins, Danny Ings uh, front line, which you know hasn't been banging in goals, but it, that seems like a much more suitable pairing for a five three two than it would if they were playing you know four at the back with another body in midfield and then one Don't you center think that forward. Tottenham will be there to be like had though. If you're they're they're a wounded wolf right now. You don't think they, that they will be. I, I mean, I'm, and they have a conference league game tomorrow. I don't know how that's going to go. You can, but you can play. You can play five at the back against this Tottenham team and frustrate the shit out of them. Like they'll give you chances. They'll they'll lose belief in their own ability to break you down and and get the first goal themselves. And then they'll you know become putty in your hands, and you'll just be able to play one quick counter attack or a set piece and score. So I'm going to go as far as to say I think Villa win this one 2-0. I don't think Tottenham score. Villa are that good defensively right now. If United couldn't do it, then why would Tottenham do it? You don't think there's going to be like some sort of response here after losing to Arsenal 3-1? I, I would have thought there was going to be a response after losing to Chelsea 3-0. So hmm. losing, they didn't respond at all in terms of changing the lineup. Another one we need to add is Tangoy and Dombele was okay in that Chelsea game. And then in the, the Arsenal game, he was just like Deli Alley. They were flying all over the field in the worst way possible and leaving themselves completely out of position. Specifically about Arsenal though, won the ball in the back. first half, you know, he was played kind of, you know, next to Hoiberg in the midfield. And then uh, Ali was allowed to do the roaming. And then he was positioned that, you know, they took him off. They took Ali off and they let Ndombele play. You know, they brought on Oliver Skip and they looked a lot better when they let Ndombele play that attacking role. But he ran out of steam after like 20 minutes. So he's he's good in that position for 60, 65 minutes and then they got to switch it up. But I think we'll see Ndombele start in that kind of 10 role, um, the creative role. And he'll and you, well, it, they'll have Skip. And I think if he gets the tactics right, I'm going to say 1-1. One, one. I, think, I think Tottenham have... A bounce back game it's here, rough. and that's like going to be one one is yeah. A that's going to be a good result for them. Yeah, that would be a great result for them. Like a draw against Villa at home. The, the good news is it's not a London derby. After three right. straight g- games where they conceded three goals to other London, I teams, think Harry Kane Tottenham hasn't scored yet. To play a team from Birmingham I, I, it's, instead. It's going to be the end of September, I think. So I think he'll 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 get one goal. Is it now a September curse, not an August Maybe curse? Switch. Maybe it's been moved one month. Because he hasn't scored. I mean, I guess he scored in other competitions, but not in the Premier League. Yeah, in the Conference League against some crap team. The EFL Cup. Gives a shit. (laughs) Okay. um, Actually, I want to get your score prediction for uh, Crystal Palace, Leicester, and West West Ham, Brentford. I know you said high scoring for West Ham, Brentford, but uh, put a number on it. For Palace, Leicester, I'll say 1-1. And West Ham, Brentford, (laughs) 3-3. Okay. 
Uh, I'll say no, no, no. Uh, I'll say Sorry, two one I'll, I'll two one three, West two, Ham three two West Ham three two West Ham. Okay, I'll be with you and say two one West Ham, and I'm gonna say one nil Crystal Palace. I mean, the, the goal they gave away to Brighton right at the end is unforgivable. Alex, right now you're implying that really Arsenal bad. finish above Leicester. You realize that, right? That's what you're implying. Yeah, but you know, there's other there's other teams that could you know be better than you guys. Aston Villa probably finish ahead of you, right? De- Do you think so? Not. <laughs> I'm sorry, Ings and Watkins aren't outscoring Aubameyang and Lacazette and uh, Emil Smith-Rowe and Saka this season. It's not happening. So you're saying two players are not outscoring four or five players. All right, and and Bailey. Okay, okay. how about... Let's just keep adding yeah, players to the list. Yeah, they're four creative players versus our four creative players. Ours are scoring more. All right, well... We're back, I'm baby. not going to launch We're into that, uh, that side thing. Ah, We're there back. it is. There it is. And here's where the fun begins. <laughs> Come on, you needed this. All I was right. dead. I've been dead inside for the we, last year and a half. We did need Come it. Come on, you need this. Hey, man, I'd, ra- I'd, I'd rather I, you... I have to you inject know. the hopium into my veins. Right. I'd rather you like develop hope of your own rather than, you know, start saying ridiculous things about Chelsea instead. So, you know, you're, you're on a good track. Keep the delusion up for Arsenal. That's a, that's a good thing. I haven't here. said anything delusional so, yet. Like we're going to make top four. OK, calm down. Well, you, you, you flirted with it with the Leicester thing there for a second, but, you know, you didn't fully commit to it. So I'll, I'll, I won't hold you. <laughs> I won't hold you to it. All right, Javier, thanks for uh, jumping on this one once again. Uh, enjoy your uh, Brighton away trip this weekend. It'd be so Arsenal for us to draw. <laughs> It'd be so. It'd be like, or like lose or lose the game. It'd be right, right. on schedule. It'd be right on schedule. Like to be like, the oh, we're, ah, back. we're back. The right, hope we're is back. back again, like the hope and, is yeah. at the top peak. And then we just lose like 3 0 or like 3 1. And then you sprinkle in like an injury. Right, an right. Tomas out for, th- like for two yeah, months. Like, oh, Partey's no, out for no, another no, month. Like, stop. <laughs> Cut this out. Cut this out. And Eve Basuma did it. Don't leave this in the pot. We're going to curse ourselves here. No, I can't have this. All right. Thanks again, Javier, for jumping on this one. Uh, You can follow us on social media at JavierRev9 for Javier's Twitter, at ASMoss92 for my Twitter and Instagram, and at GhostGoalPod for the podcast socials. If you're listening on an app that allows you to rate and review the podcast, we'd really appreciate it if you guys just went ahead right now go ahead and rate and review the pod it helps new listeners to find us and you know grow the damn thing so enjoy the football this weekend we've got an international break coming up next week so we're going to do that uh champions league slash continental catch-up check-in that we uh teased about a month ago for the last international break we'll get that out to you guys over this next one but until next time see ya